0: is rich in
1: promises to teach me.
2: sing, 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 I'm gonna shout, 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 I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna shout, praise the Lord. When those gates are open wide, I'm gonna sit at Jesus' side, I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna shout, praise
3: the Lord. Swing, Lord, sweet chariot, come forth and carry me home, swing, Lord. Sweet chariot Coming for to carry me home Oh, when the saints go marching in Oh, when the saints go marching
4: in Lord, I want to be in that number
0: Oh, when the saints go marching in This train is bound for glory. This train. This train is bound for glory. This train. This train is bound for glory. Those who ride well must be holy. This train is bound for glory. This train. I'm going to say, I'm going to show. I'm I'm going to say, I'm going to When those gates are train
2: Singing is an awesome way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing then in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. <laughs>
5: Mother,
3: I've fallen in love with a beautiful young woman from Ammon. I want you to talk to Father and see if... Talk to Father and
6: see what? Well, I want you to go to Jeshai the Ammonite and ask for his daughter Tamri to be my wife. Son, does she worship the true God? Well, no, but I'm sure I can convert
3: her. Son, God has cautioned us against marrying unbelievers. You must not go contrary to God's direct instructions, especially in a matter as important as marriage. But I can convert her to our beliefs. I know I can Mother, talk
6: to him. I agree with your father, son. God cannot bless a union with an unbeliever.
3: But I want her. And if King Solomon, who by all accounts is so very wise, if he can marry several heathen wives, I ought to be able to marry one, and I will. (sighs) How can you tell a young person that King Solomon, who is renowned for his wisdom... ...and whom God has greatly blessed... ...how can you say that Solomon has nevertheless disobeyed God by marrying heathen wives? It
6: would be easier if he were older or mature enough to be aware of Solomon's gradual apostasy.
3: Yes, because Solomon did stay very close to God for years. And even after he first married a heathen wife, the princess from Egypt... ...he seemed to obey God explicitly in every other way.
6: And Israel prospered. But now...
3: Yes, now... Solomon seems to be money and power med. Our taxes have been increased to the point that they're really oppressive.
6: And he's taking twice as many of our boys to serve in his army this year as he took three years ago.
3: He keeps adding heathen wives to his harem.
6: How many heathen wives does he have now? Well,
3: there's one from Egypt, of course, and one from Phoenicia and Edom, and
6: Ophir, Moab, Sidonia. Solomon says that he takes these wives to cement friendships between Israel and these countries.
3: Well, perhaps, but I notice that each one is beautiful. It also seems to come with a good-sized dowry, usually gold, which Solomon certainly does not
6: refuse. And as God warned, they are leading Solomon away from the true worship. He's allowed groves to be set up where his wives can worship their heathen idols.
3: I've even heard rumors that he may build a temple for the god of one of his wives. Oh,
6: I hope that's a false rumor, but I'm afraid it may not be. However, what worries me now is Solomon's influence on our son.
3: Why is it that it is so much easier to influence people to follow after evil than to follow after righteousness?
6: We must pray that God will keep our son from taking this heathen girl to wife.
4: I the delegation from uh, Ammon to see you, O king. A delegation? What favors do they ask? No favors, sire. They seek rather to do you a favor. They wish an alliance of peace between you and Israel. A worthy cause. Audience granted. And so, great and wise king of Israel, my king wishes to seal the alliance between himself and thee by blood ties. Blood ties? A marriage between thee, your majesty, and the beautiful daughter of my king. The dowry will be worth many hundred talents of gold. And her highness, the princess, is beautiful. With your permission, sire, I should like to introduce the princess of Amon.
7: Your majesty.
4: Well, you are the princess?
7: Yes, my lord.
4: You were... Uh... You are willing to sacrifice yourself to to me, to be my wife, for the sake of peace between our peoples?
7: It would be no sacrifice, my lord, but an honor and a pleasure.
4: Are you willing to forsake the worship of your god, Molech, and worship my god?
7: I have been taught, my lord, to obey my king, my lord, and my husband in all
8: things.
4: <laughs> yes, yes. A uh, scribe, yes. arrange for the alliance between Ammon and Israel, and an immediate wedding between the princess and myself. But uh, even though the Lord God of Israel has strictly forbidden marriage between Israel and those who worship strange gods? Silence, scribe. Uh. But in this case, the princess will worship my god, not hers. Uh, Arrange for an immediate wedding. Yes, Your Majesty. Come, my beautiful princess, and I will show you a little of the great wealth that is mine, the wisdom that I am noted for, and the unlimited power I exert over my own people and the peoples of the world.
7: The graciousness of my lord exceeds all that has been told unto me, He is also handsome and generous beyond my fondest (laughs) dreams.
4: (laughs) And King Solomon made alliances with many nations and took to wife many strange, idolatrous women. And it came to pass, as time went by, that his many princesses and wives turned away his heart after other gods.
7: But Solomon darling you build altars in high places for the gods of your other wives why not for molech my god
4: well uh, you you offer sacrifices to your god
7: so do you offer sacrifices to your god
4: but not human sacrifices especially children babies
7: you have a right to your belief don't i have a right to mine
4: well yes i suppose so
7: Then build a temple for Molech. Uh, Please, I know exactly where I want it built. Where? It's an especially beautiful spot south of Jerusalem in the Valley of Hinnom. When it's finished, I want you to go with me to some of the services.
4: Me? What, I, I hear that your services, some of them are immoral, degrading and downright cruel. Ah,
7: my dear Solomon, you'll come to love them. They're fun and they give you a feeling of success and power. You will build a temple for me? You do love me. Oh,
4: very much.
7: Prove it by building a shrine to Molech and watching the rites of Molech worship.
4: Well, very well. Infatuated by the beauty and the flattering attention of women from many idol-worshiping lands, Solomon built an imposing array of buildings to be used as idolatrous shrines. To please his wives, he placed huge idols, unshapely images of wood and stone, within the side of the temple of the living God of heaven. Then God spoke to him in a dream. Solomon, inasmuch as thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes which I commanded thee, I will surely take away the crown of Israel from thy seed forever. Howbeit, for David's sake, I will not take away all the kingdom, but I will give a part to thy son for my servant David's sake. Then Solomon awoke. I... I suppose I have forsaken God. I... I seem to regard luxury, self-indulgence, and the favor of the world as greatness. But if I... if I gain the whole world and lose my own soul, what have I profited?
1: We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound. At 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Live with Sam. I'm Sam here in my house with my mother who just happens to be the world's greatest cook. She makes healthy meals for her family using only whole plant foods. Mom, welcome to Live with Sam. Have you finished your homework yet? Uh, yes. Is your room clean? Mom, we're kind of on the air right now. You said I could interview you? Wait! Mom, it's radio. People can't see you. Honey, I'm having a really bad hair day. Can we do this tomorrow? Don't worry, Mom. You look great. Really. If you say so. I've told everyone what a great cook you are. I want them to know your secret. Take, for instance, your bean soup. Like everything else you make, there's no meat in it because we're vegetarian. But it's delicious. How do you do that? Well, I throw dried beans into a slow cooker with some water and a pinch of salt and let it simmer overnight. You don't add any secret sauce or special herbs and spices? Nope. Water and salt. Are you sure no one can see me? Wait a minute. How about your awesome breads? How about that spaghetti dish you made yesterday? Or my favorite, Mexican food. Certainly you do something special with them. Oh, maybe a little spice or seasoning here or there. But I figure that God put wonderful flavors in his foods, and I shouldn't get in the way by adding a bunch of other stuff. The simpler, the better, I always say. Awesome. Thanks, Mom. This is Sam for Live with Sam.
3: God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on Earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Psalm
2: 139, verses 13 and 14 say, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well.
5: Hi boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story Just for you. Today's story shows you how great it is to have a pet and how sad it can be when a pet disappears. While Jenny and her friend Natalie search for clues about what happened to Butterscotch, Jenny learns some important lessons about forgiveness. Chapter 8 Found and Lost Again. Where is Butterscotch? Jenny shouted. I don't know, Tevin said miserably. She ran away. I only meant to keep her for a little while. I was going to give her back. Tevin's eyes weren't angry anymore. They were sad and frightened. I'm sorry. Jenny heard her own voice, but couldn't believe what she was saying. I forgive you, she managed to get out before her lips clamped shut. The ride home was filled with silence, broken only by Jenny's sobs. After they dropped Dee Dee off at her house, Mom laid a hand on Jenny's knee. Honey, her mother said gently, I really think you should prepare yourself to accept the fact that Butterscotch may never come home. Jenny gulped back a big sniffle. I know, Mom, but I'm going to keep hoping. I know it's little soon, but would you like to think about getting a kitten? Jenny shook her head fiercely. No, I don't want another kitten. I want Butterscotch. No other cat could take her place. I understand, honey. We'll keep praying that Butterscotch comes home. When they got home, Jenny sank down on the couch. Her mom sat next to her and stroked Jenny's hair just as she did whenever Jenny was sick. I wish I was sick, Jenny thought. I wish I was just sick and that I had just dreamed that Butterscotch was gone. I don't understand, she said finally. Why did Jesus let Butterscotch run away again after I apologized to Dee Dee like he wanted? Jenny, look at me, her mother said sternly. Jenny lifted her head and looked directly at her mother. Is that what you think? That Jesus was waiting for you to apologize to Dee Dee before he sent Butterscotch back? Jenny nodded her head slowly. Sort of. Honey... "'Jesus didn't expect you to apologize to Dee Dee because you had to "'or so that he will do what you want him to. "'He wanted you to apologize to Dee Dee because you love him "'and want to make him happy. Do you understand?' "'I think so,' Jenny said. "'But understanding didn't take away her sadness. "'That night, with the lights out, she stared out her window "'until her eyelids refused to stay open any longer. "'In the shoebox that week, all the kids were so excited about family day "'that no one really noticed how sad Jenny was.' She sat in the back of the room watching everyone and wishing she could get excited about Family Day, too. Mrs. Shu told them about the booth that the Shoebox kids would be running. It's the Go Fish booth, she said. She held up a broomstick with a string attached to it tied to a clothespin. The children will take one of these fishing poles and let the line down on the other side of the counter like this. Maria, come help me catch this prize. Maria ducked down behind the table. When Mrs. Shue tossed her fishing line over the counter, Maria took out a small prize and attached it to the clothespin. Then she tugged on the line and Mrs. Shue pulled it up. See, Mrs. Shue said, holding up the prize, each child who plays will receive a prize like this one. It will cost 50 cents each time they go fish, and the money that we earn will go to help pay for our camping trip at the end of the summer. We'll all take turns hiding behind the counter to attach the prizes so that everyone will have time to visit the other displays. "'What if we don't want to visit the other displays?' "'Jenny asked silently. "'What if we don't want to come at all? "'Maybe I'll pretend I'm sick that day.' "'No, Dad promised to come to Family Day "'and I want to see him. "'I'm just going to have to try to have a little fun, "'even if I can't show Butterscotch in the pet show.' "'The thought made her sad again. "'Oh, Butterscotch, where are you?' "'She was still thinking the same thing "'when she went to sleep that night. "'Jenny?' "'Jenny sat straight up. "'What?' "'Oh, it's you, Mom.' It took a few seconds to remember where she was and why she was clutching Butterscotch's battered old stuffed mouse. All she could remember was that Butterscotch was gone. Again. Probably forever. Honey, it's time to leave for family day, Mom said. Natalie called and said she's ready to go. Jenny put Butterscotch's old mouse on her dresser. Now I remember I fell asleep thinking about Butterscotch. She sighed. One thing is for sure, Butterscotch and I won't be entering the pet show today jenny tried to be happy as her friend got in the car she didn't want to ruin natalie's day but it was awfully hard being happy when she was sad and mad inside your father said he would be a little late jenny's mom told her as they pulled into the parking lot why don't you take natalie over to the shoebox display and show her the hawk feather and hummingbird nest you found jenny led natalie over to the shoebox display and showed natalie the things she'd found a few weeks ago on a nature hike out of the corner of her eye, she saw that the pet show was about to start Do you want to watch? Natalie asked. No. Well, yes, Jenny admitted. Natalie took her by the arm and steered her over to a spot where they could see better. Dr. Givens, the veterinarian, was standing in the middle of a big circle of animals. He had on a long white lab coat and looked very important. Jenny looked at all the animals. Chris Vargas was trying to keep his hamster, Herman, in a shoebox until Dr. Givens could look at him. Willie and his dog, Coco, were practicing some tricks while they waited to be judged, but Jenny's eyes stopped at Sammy and his cat, Whispers. She walked over closer and heard Whispers' quiet, "'Meow! He sounds just like Butterscotch.' Jenny blinked quickly. "'I don't want to start crying right here.' "'Whispers surely does look nice, don't you think?' a voice at Jenny's elbow asked. Jenny swung around. Natalie was no longer beside her. Instead, she saw Dee Dee and Tevin smiling at her as they munched on corn dogs. Tevin watched the animals closely as if he was going to judge them. If it was up to me, Tevin said finally, I'd choose whispers. Well, it isn't up to you, Jenny snapped. Besides, it shouldn't be too hard for whispers to win anyway now that Butterscotch is gone. Maybe that's what you wanted in the first place. I hope you're happy. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The
1: Shoebox Kids, Book 3, Jenny's Catnapped Cat. Written by Celeste Perino-Walker, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.